Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, uh, I'm, I'm chatting with, uh, my guest is really, the um, Unruly Records co-founder and a Baltimore club pioneer, DJ Scotty B. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you for pulling up to, to the function, as it were. Because it's it's more than just just a regular podcast, it's it's a function. We're really trying to put out there Baltimore stories and go through like what Baltimore really is. And I think one of the things that you specialize in, and you're one of the the pillars of it, is is uh, club music. Let's just call it what it is, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want to start off by asking um, this question: at a really high level, I gave that introduction, right? Can you give us the vital stats? Like, what's your background? Describe your start in club music. Um, well, is it clean? Yeah, no, do, you, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Get that disclaimer out the way, right? <laughs> so um, it, it just started like a lot of, I mean, it, it started off being DJs. You know what I mean? And it wasn't no club music. And even, I kind of started even before rap music started, like really like late 70s. I was 10, 11 years old. I wanted to be a DJ. I always... In school, when we had plays, I, I wanted to be the one with the record player like, yeah. and play the songs for the plays. Like, always. So, anyway, you know, it, it, it just started as being a DJ. And really, club music at its core kind of was like a small version of how dudes was DJing. Mm-hmm. That's why they say, what well, sounds like house music, but also sounds like Miami bass, but also sounds like hip hop, <laughs> and also like, like a whole. Because in Baltimore, you had to play all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and Sean was at Fantasies, mm-hmm. and I was at Godfrey's right here, two doors down, <laughs> Station North. <laughs> yeah, and um, Station North was a whole lot different then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Fantasy um um Signals was around the corner. You know what um the garage is? It was two doors. It was against the alley on that same little small block. Got you. Yeah. And um Wayne Davis on Thursday nights used to DJ. You know he has a whole. That's who you need to interview him. He's got a whole history by himself. But um the Thursday night at at at, at um I just said the damn name. I can at um Signals was yeah. um ended up kind of being the um the spark for fantasies. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Godfrey's was here for many, 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 many years. You know, it was a famous, it was the first integrated jazz club in Baltimore. Okay, yeah. I mean, that was way before me. <laughs> but not as far back as it should have been. Um, and it just kind of started off, it, it, it wasn't no mission, because, you know, music is art. And it's like, look, I said this so many times about the kaleidoscope, and it's, the kaleidoscope has six colors in it, and you could twist it and get millions and millions and millions of different things out of a yeah. few different things. So it's it just kind of like evolved into, um, you know, dudes in, in the UK were doing something that we liked, and Hip House came out, and it, it was just a perfect storm. Like, boom, hey, yo, we need to um, loop this and that. And it really is yeah. that simple. Like Technique was doing it yeah. real early, and Sean and me and a couple other people, like we would de- it, it really starts from DJing and just wanting to have something new. Yo, I bet you if we loop this, it'll work. If that, yeah. you know, we're always looking for the next thing. Yeah. And that's really kind of where it is. You know, it's, you're from Baltimore. It's really not called Baltimore Club. It's really called club music. That That's a distinction. <laughs> that's a dis- Like, look, when I go out of state, and I go to anything that they're playing something. I'm like, okay, that that sounds like you know, as as a Baltimorean, it's just like, oh, is, is that club music I'm hearing? And, you know, I start sweating. And um, I remember they were like, um, yeah, we got some Jersey House playing, and I was like, boo, audibly. <laughs> and, it, and, and the guy on stage, he was like, I think we have someone from Baltimore here. We have Baltimore ah. club music playing. And I was like, thank you. You know, the only only thing, <laughs> you know, people start like. People in Jersey think that they started. Well, I mean, it, look, it's been there twenty years. If it's seventeen years old, I mean, you can't expect them to think nothing different. Yeah, yeah. But this, when when club music started here, it wasn't like we were discussing the, um, the beneath the beat thing, and, yeah. and it's it wasn't toward dancing as far as like I'm battling him. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you play. It, it's like you're playing music in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Benjamins is hot. Yeah. Uh, Biggie got a hot song. Um, 
there's some hot house on follow me whatever yeah. and um oh griffin bootman got a hot club song yeah that just hit so it it, it wasn't like it wasn't pigeonholed mm-hmm. and the night it, it wasn't people um looking at the dj while they're trying to dance it was just a dance floor like you see in an old disco clip yeah and that's basically what it was a part of. So it was a lot different. Yeah, and I think as we progress and, and something changes from one like generation to the next, it's gonna have it's gonna have some some things that just just change, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, or looked at differently, or what have you. It's like as you were kind of touching, I was like, well, you're of a certain age group, so that's gonna be your you know knowledge base there. So in it, from from your standpoint, to, for those who don't get it, tell them. Tell them what it is. Just tell them what Baltimore club music is. It's just a, uh, it's a spark. You know, it's a it's something that gets you going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just a feeling. It's 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 music. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, it's not music. It's not background music for the latest TikTok video. <laughs> Yo, stuff is just different now. I'm not <laughs> mad at yeah, it. Yeah. You know, but you know it's. It's just a, it's just different. It's just this is really different now, and um, you know everything. It seems like every nothing is really grassroots anymore. It's like you're not just making a song because you think it's gonna hit at the club. Yeah, because it ain't no clubs. It because, ain't a whole lot of stuff now. But because that's not the way that when when people talk about something like breaking, right? It's like, oh, you know, you need to have this many streams on Spotify or whatever for it to break. Or people, as you were touching with TikTok, people have to discover it on air, but it's not breaking in a club. To, to your point, that that kind of culture has changed and has lessened, I think. It like, makes it tough. Yeah. It really makes it tough because that's I used to be out like, are they going to fight to this? If they ain't going to fight to this, this ain't hard enough yet. <laughs> Or like stuff like that. Shit. Like we were all, you know, to be honest, we were all break dancers. Really? In the eighties, Griff was a break dancer. I, I mean, I didn't know them then. Yeah. I was a break dancer. I knew class. We we knew each other as teenagers because somebody from where I lived moved to where he lived, and I went to visit him, and I met class, and we nice. were all 16, 17 years old. <laughs> we were still break dancing. Nice. Yeah, you know. So. And then, and I think the other thing about it, right? That is like. You know, looking at that timeline or what have you, you what it's it's multiple elements that make up with hip hop, right? You got like break dancing, you have graffiti, you have the MC, and you have like a DJ or what have you. That's two out of four main ones that people talk about, and um and 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 that's a thing. That's the thing that that gets left out. It's just like you can play something, it can break, and I'm I know nothing, right? However, I make fun of people <laughs> when they pull out like I, I call them a DJ iPad or what have you. When I see someone pull that out, I'm like. All right, this is what you were doing. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Uh, you know, it's I don't I don't like with the younger people. Mm-hmm. I don't um discourage them from doing exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we were doing what we was doing just because we wasn't listening to the Temptations. Yeah, yeah. Because our fathers did. My father liked Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah. And my mother died when I was really young. My father died when I was a teenager. But my memories are with him. Yeah. So that's what, so I reference I reference him a lot. But he liked Ella Fitzgerald and Temptations and that kind of stuff. I wasn't listening to that because he was listening right, to right. it. And you know we're all rebels. Like we grow up, we want our own identity. I will say when I when I was working with my dad when I was like a teenager, high school going, I was like, you don't know anything, Dad. You know that Not energy. Not a damn thing. And. I remember he would put on like Morgan State Radio. He would listen to jazz, and I was just like rebelling against jazz. Terrible. The most re- reckless, whatever like rap music was playing, I'm just blaring it in my ears. My father hated that stuff. And then now, like, you know, jazz is fire. Like, like, and what am it, I doing? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, so I referenced Godfrey's right here, right? Yeah. Club Charles is across the street. Yeah. My father didn't know nothing, right? <laughs> nothing. Yeah. He hung in there. In the 50s. So he knew all about God. It was called the famous ballroom when it was the jazz spot. He knew about all this. And he was already gone when I I started working there. But it's just weird. You really think your parents don't. Nothing. They even on the same block you've been on. Come on, man. You know what you was doing. This city ain't changed that much. (laughs) So I want to talk about this one right here. Um, 
So there are mainstays of Baltimore club music that have been sampled and referenced in recent years. Um, and, and but I and I there are other ones I don't don't really know, but I know I've seen more and more kind of like that sounds familiar. I grew up with that song. That plays in the club here. You know when that when that happens. Um, and sometimes it's not really acknowledged that this is a Baltimore thing. Like I I heard this song. You don't know about this song. You know about Baltimore club. You hear these mainstream people and they don't really touch on it. So. Where are your thoughts at when you hear something that is a mainstream song that has obviously sampled something Baltimore Club but didn't really pay homage to it? Um, I, I don't really trip on it, you know, yeah. to be honest, because uh, at the end of the day, that's what we did, right? Yeah. We took our thing, we you know switched it around or didn't, yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> or whatever, and. and I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to do them. Mm-hmm. You know, Between the Sheets went from the Ozzy Brothers to whoever, the Biggie to to whoever, to to um, uh, Gwen Stefani. To, I mean, it, it yeah. has so many different variations on it. And if it's a hit at the beginning, it's always going to be a hit. I mean, I, I, I really like it. Don't, I, I, I mean, we could say... Um, Oh man, well, well, Diplo and then made um made uh I forget this. It was him and Switch, yeah. And they made something and they sold it to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, my my thing goes like I because because I'm in this kind of spot and I'm like I'm not in that scene right to say like yeah this is how I would feel about it. But when I see like attempts that are that feel like it's a little too close, like that Lizzo show, like, you know, Big Girls or what have you, and I'm like, if they're not using Watch Out for the Big Girl at all in here, if that's not the intro, I don't care about the show. Right. No, I, I hear you. Like, of course, you know, you know that's came up in the last couple of years with yeah. us like every other day. You want to see you want to see us represented, I think. That's the thing that I, I Well, I that, she with. straight sampled it, and <laughs> Jimmy, rest in pieces, you know he passed away about a year ago. Yeah. And, um, to me, that's the the shame part is that he passed away, and um, you know he ain't really gonna be up. There. I mean, cause I, trust me, if Jimmy was, I, well, you know they had had the 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 demo track to that two three years ago. They were playing on the award show or something. He was around then. Yeah, trust me, you know when Jimmy was around, cause he's like he is. So, I just wish he was here to um. Just say what he want to say, uh, you know. Yeah. The, but I mean, it, it, I mean, whatever. Let let her have her fun with it. I mean, it's nothing. You, I mean, if yeah. she want to acknowledge something or not, you know, they'll take a letter off of it and say, "What's well, this? Ain't the same." Oh yeah, thing. they absolutely changed it because it's like girls with like three R's, no I, and it's like that's fine. I like, I guess. I think what we fall into here and like in Baltimore, it's like yeah, we know. But at the end of the day, like. There's a push, you know, in some pockets or what have you. Some some folks who are like younger who are like in this spot and they're like, yo, how can we make this like from a legislation standpoint, like this is ours. You know how like DC done like a DC did the thing, mute, don't mute DC and made go go music their official music. Didn't that start with that phone store was mad at the it it, it was something <laughs> I start to forget stuff now, but I thought that started with a um a phone store was playing go-go outside of the store, and the residents upstairs yeah. got mad that it was too loud or something, and <laughs> actually it went all the way to court yeah. that they had to turn the music off. I, rem- I remember they had this push for it, because I, I think from what I was reading, they had this this thing in like um, New Orleans of like, don't mute Noya or have you, and I think that it was this push to make like bounce, like outside of having jazz, obviously, mm-hmm. they're like official music, and... Certain things are like they are ours, and it's like we should be acknowledged for what's ours instead of having you know other spots kind of say this is really ours though, because you know identity is a thing, and I think you know we know it here, we know what's ours here, but people don't people act like they don't know what Baltimore's contributions are culturally and artistically, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm kind of at. It's just like, when you hear that song that you like or what have you, you need to know that the roots are here, so it's much more than gun violence and, and drugs or whatever, you know? I just wish that it was more... I understand it because, you know, I, I was playing music 
before club music, obviously, yeah. right? But I just wish that, and I understand that people go through their phases or they like what they like and they don't like what they don't like or stuff goes through waves, you know, but I just, you know, it really, to me, it kind of don't matter what somebody can acknowledge in, in Cleveland if we're not even really playing it that much here, like to That's me, true. you know what I mean? True, I just. Yeah. I'm not beating that dude over the head over because they probably playing it more than we are at some point, you know, or, or some kind of version of it. I mean, it, it kind of – I would rather people be artistic with it and, and um, uh, you know, do their thing, you know, and then maybe we can have some conversations with people about, you know, who struck John, about who did first what yeah. and all that. Like, I, I mean – I just wish it would just continue in some form. It ain't got to yeah. be 1991, <laughs> you know, somewhere at, at Shake and Bake or something. It ain't got to be that. It's not yeah. going to be that because the 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 inspirations of it and where it ain't going to be the same. And, and that, the, the climate's not the same either. Mm -hmm, like you know, at all. What, what that scene look like? Because you mentioned 1991, I immediately am thinking like there are things that we should not be saying because I'm like six or what have you, and it's just club music blasting from our neighbors like in the projects. And my dad's like, y'all can't say that. Y'all can't say what they're saying in that song. <laughs> and my mom is like, this is great. <laughs> That's funny. They still go on. You do if you do a school party, you play the clean ones. Yeah. And the kids just, they say the dirty ones. And the, and the administrators come over to you like, what are you doing? You playing dirt? No, not. No. Yes, you are. Listen to it. So why are they saying the other one? Talk to their parents. Don't talk to me. I ain't got nothing to do with that. So in thinking about club music, um, I, I, and it's kind of the thing I touched on. What? So... And I think you touched on this. You, you, what you, your hope is to kind of see it kind of continue. See club music as a genre because there is because as we touched on, Baltimore music is club music. Hard stop. So, you know, you want to see that kind of continue and not be something that's just that was something we did, but that to continue. Yeah, and it, younger music is a, is a young people's game. Mm -hmm. So young people really got to take that by the, by the horns. I mean, whatever they do, mm -hmm. that's their business. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them do a little something. They also they but they got to have a, the inspirations for it. Like yeah. like there was like a house scene going on and and just this hip house scene and you know it takes two came out in nineteen eighty seven or whatever it's <laughs> yeah. year like that kind of was you know the stuff just came from two different places and ended up meeting in the middle. So whatever people take their inspirations from, you know, good. Yeah. And um I it not to bash any kind of supporters of certain music, but um, you know, the more that older people kinda hold on to stuff, um, they kinda make it exclusive instead of inclusive. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, even the younger people that would like to be a part, eventually they get tired of that. You know, and they get tired of being pushed away and you don't know, and uh-uh, and this yeah. is it. You're never going to be so-and-so. And, um, it's that rebellion thing you were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, but eventually people, you know what, well, fuck y'all, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. Oh, for, for sure. I, you know, the funny thing is, so Wayne Davis was always the guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like the it was like the the people in the next little age group older than me like when he generations and just and, and socially are like four years mm -hmm. then it's not twenty it's four it's yeah. school it's 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 basically you know <laughs> you were a freshman I was a senior <laughs> right so my cousin was three four years older than me he, all his crew went to the original Odell's mm -hmm. Wayne Davis was the DJ this was in the mid eighties early eighties whatever and I was trying to DJ in the neighborhood and all they ever used to say was you'll never be Wayne Davis and of course I never was yeah, yeah. never became that but I became okay and it was yeah. always in, in, in my ear and in my head and when I got to meet him it was the greatest thing ever yeah I went to see Sean down fantasies <laughs> and he Wayne was at the door and he took me to the side and said the first couple of times no he didn't like he take my money look at me sideways because he knew why because I said I'm coming from Godfrey's Mm -hmm. Still ten dollars, right? Like, or he would say, <laughs> "What, like, you know, I play over there." So no, that's cool, right? Ten dollars, right? Or whatever. <laughs> or he let me in. He give me the side. I let me in. And one day I come, he pulls me inside. I said, "You know what? 
I've really just been really checking you out and testing you, right? <laughs> you know you can walk in anytime you want, you can walk in here, but I was just testing you, yeah. see how you was, and you cool, so you good. Yeah. But Wayne is just a great guy, and to be honest, you know, it's, it's stuff I was still finding out about him when, when they interviewed, I think the guy that owned the Hippo, mm-hmm. One, one guy owned the Hippo the whole time it was open. Oh, wow. I didn't even know any of this, right? Yeah, yeah. 1971 it opened. They closed, whatever, three, four years ago. Yeah. Same guy owned it. Wow. And um, Wayne was his first damn DJ. <laughs> like, I, Wayne, uh, we already know you played, you made Odell's and shit. <laughs> you played around the corner here, right? You Just opened up Fantasies. <laughs> you opened up the Paradox. Yeah. You fucking even was playing it down. I mean, damn. Like, save yourself for us. <laughs> so, 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 so that actually is like a nice segue to this, right? Um, talking about that early experience and kind of encountering someone that you know, with in Wayne that you know was in those spots, and there was that comparison thing that was there. You'll, you'll never be him. No, no comparison. Like, like the the crush, you like, yeah. Nah, do that that, tro- that trolling thing. Like <laughs> you'll never be this. Like that's how never. you comparison. So talk talk to me about. Um, Kind of being that spot, I think when you, when you're in a spot where you're kind of a pioneer, you're figuring things out. And I think you touched on that earlier. Like I think club music here is one of those things that really represents how we approach things in a very DIY sort of way. We will figure out how we're going to do something. The milk crate on the on the telephone pole. Yeah, absolutely. So, what is? Do you have a philosophy when it comes to maybe? A, a mentoring sort of relationship because as a person that is a, a pioneer in something, you've like learned the tricks of the trade, learned from the mistakes that you may have made, and then you see other people coming in. Do people ever reach out to you like, yeah, what do you think about this? How, how yeah, can I do this? I tell them do what they like. Yeah. Do what, do what you like. Do whatever you think you like or good or work, you do it. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Don't worry about what I think. Um, Not that, that the way that you're asking me like, as a DJ, you give it out, and hopefully, yeah. the DJs like it, and the people like it, and, and I'm DJing, and I and I like it, you know. Yeah. But if I don't, but as far as like anything kind of going past that, mm-hmm. first off, you're thinking too far, you know. Just make something for now, you know. Make something you going you think that's just gonna work with whatever it is that you're doing now. Yeah. And um, if you like it, somebody else gonna like it. It's somebody else <laughs> gonna like it, and. You know, kind of like when when DJs make those kind of musics, mm-hmm. it's um they, they kind of there's there's a feeling from something else that they're playing already. You know, like they just didn't come up with some really out here new shit. It's something <laughs> that you playing, or you wouldn't have been playing it, and you wouldn't have been making this. Because because I had like. I think the last time I had an interview here was with um, DJ Sun, and we were just talking about his stuff and did this thing at the. Um, he was um, he was spinning at this uh, this uh, spot I was in. I was um, there for uh, for dinner and stuff, and he's spinning. And my my girl like she's she's twelve years older, and she goes, "Oh, she's like." Hell yeah, you playing some early '90s? She's like, hell yeah. She was, and I'm looking at him. I was like, he's not that old. So I'm trying to like think, like, what what is your reference point here? And he's like, that's all the show I was listening to. I just met him not too long ago. That's yeah. the kid that um with the curly dark hair. Yeah, yeah. I just met him recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a cool, dude. And um, but you know, just to your point of you'll find like play what you like, and then the people are gonna find you. I'm there. She's. We're about to hop in the elevator. She's like, "Nah, hold up. I got to go talk to this DJ real quick because I, I fucks with what he's doing." Because you're gonna play it different. Yeah. Like people, like they'll say. I had people say to me like, you know, you like what you playing. Uh-huh. How you know I like what I'm playing? Maybe I don't like it, right? They say, "Oh nah." <laughs> like you, you like what you playing because you could tell by the way you playing it. Uh huh. You know, and I, I always. Um, I tell you know nowadays if people say oh man do you want to hire me to play reggae and those motherfuckers don't know nothing about reggae <laughs> so they'll call a motherfucker and get a crate of MP3s like yeah. you don't even know what you playing like what are you you looking on a chart and they rate rating them songs 1 through 10 and you playing the 10th one first and the first number one last I mean I, I recommend that y'all don't do that don't take the gig give it to somebody else I mean yeah. I mean, there's it's one thing to challenge yourself. There's one thing just to you, them people. You're not doing them. You're doing them a disservice. Yeah. Like you know that 
people can always tell because anybody can get the top 10, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be that song that maybe ain't even a hit, but is a hit in this venue right here or to these people that hired you, mm -hmm. like that group that was went to Lake in 1991. You know what I mean? So so, so that, that brings me to this because I don't, don't want to leave this point because I think it's interesting. Um, so I, I've heard... Like I've had, I've had a few, you know, DJs on, a few people who are just playing music in this sort of setting. What is, like, what does that process look like when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm booked to do this. Like, these are the songs I'm thinking of. How, how do you go through that process of, and like, based on whatever type of event you're, you know, you're DJing at or what have you? How does that process look? Slightly, slightly, like, um. I might got a little bit more easier than others because people might hire me because um, I've been doing it for so long and they're, they're my age and they, <laughs> they, they want some you playing like y'all did in this year or um, just do what you do or you are my guy. And so I understand going in a, a lot of times it's almost like what, what the hell I want to do, yeah. even though what I want to do ain't really much different from what somebody my age wants to hear. Right. But um, it just watch everybody that comes in. It really that don't never change, you know. Like reading the crowd never changes. Like yeah. that's that's such the biggest part of it. Like you don't even got got to mix records. Of course, I'm gonna kill you if you don't mix records. But <laughs> like you really don't have to. Like like if you're playing the right song mm -hmm. at the right time for the right person. Like a lot of dudes, like we had these little games we play on the cell phone. Like we send each other songs back and forth. What about this one? Oh, got you, got you. Fucked you <laughs> up with this one. And we send songs back and forth, right? And a, a friend of mine named Jamal is really close, right? Like brothers, for real. And um, like you always get me. I say, yo, don't you understand something? I do this for a living. You rap. I don't. I play records. I say, don't you? I said. I go into any club that I'm regular, yeah. and and I, I mean I know so many people personally. I, I know what they, I know the songs they like. Like yeah. I know what she likes. I know what Mary likes. I know what Jane likes. I know what Steve likes. I like. I know what Jamal likes. I, yeah. I remember this shit. I don't even remember names. I remember the songs that, yeah. that people like. And um, it's like picking out somebody's like coffee when you go there dude, to the spot. It's, it's like, yeah, iced coffee, no cream. Easy, <laughs> right? So he's like, man. Him up, we worked in, in record stores together for 20 years. We we partied at the same place. I was DJing for him then. Like, dude, you you too easy to skate for. This game ain't even fair. It's really not fair. Like, I know what you like, and if I don't even know that you like it, I, I take the chance knowing you like because I know the type of shit you like. So with, with that, I got I got two questions left. I want to ask, um, uh, so so tell me about, like, being in that, that role of being around in, in this kind of elder statesman role where you're you're the head of like a record label now. Tell me about like how that has been in comparison to like maybe where you started out. Like how has that like progressed? Has that affected um, you you being in this DJ, you out there putting on um, playing records? Is it more administrative stuff? Tell me about that part of it. No. Cause <clears throat> um Sean always took a more administrative role. Mm -hmm. Sean Caesar and um that's the partner, co-founder's partner. So, yeah. um, I always like to be out front and not famous out front, but I like to play music. I still like, he says, man, this motherfucker still likes DJing. <laughs> he tells people, like, this motherfucker will still want to go out on Saturday night to a hole, <laughs> right, and play trap music or whatever gets people going. Yeah, right yeah. now it's trap music, right? So, and it's been. So, um, yeah, because I like the energy. Yeah. The energy is what does it for me, you know. And yeah. these people, forty years old, fifty, they listen to the same shit their kids <laughs> do. The same without going into uh, people's opinions about that kind of stuff. I like the energy, like and yeah. it, and so whether it was our label with mm. our songs, yeah. or the next guy next to me labeled that we ain't we supposed to be in competition with. I don't give a damn. I'm gonna if this shit hot, I'm gonna play it. Yeah. And um or if it's the like future album came out today. So if it's gonna be some shits off of his shit and it's gonna be, I can tell you that now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just um no, it's separate. Yeah. In my mind, I can't I can't bring them together because DJing 
I can promise you that the DJing part's going to go for me is going to go longer mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, yeah. With an intensity, you know what I mean, and with a care. Yeah. Like you know the the. Anytime you talk about unruly records or Scotty B or Sean Caesar or or whoever, any of them kind, it's automatically going to be um, uh, uh, people going to have their own notions up up front. It's going to be club music. It's going to be 124 beats per minute. It's going to be whatever. It's going to be some half house stuff, half hip hop stuff, whatever. Um, and that's great, yeah. right? But with the DJing, it um, if there's a new song today, then if it's hot, then I, I can't wait to play. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to go in there and play this shit on Saturday, like right behind Dun Dun or whatever little baby had out last week. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I, like some people, uh, more than one person, said, this shit don't get old. No, never, never, <laughs> never. I like the challenge. I like people that never saw me before and say, look, who the fuck is this? Is, is this, because he don't. <laughs> no, 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 no! I love the challenge. I love the. Ch- I love to bring that person to me by the end of the night. I, that shit will never. I don't. I, I don't think it'll ever go away. No, that's that's a thing, and, and it's it's a it's a an idea I've been playing around a while on this podcast. Of yeah, as people are like, what's that calling for you? And then you, it's kind of what you said earlier about when someone's like, yeah, you like that song, you like that because I can see, I can see I how you're playing. You like, it. I know. I, I, I swear I still play a song. And I look around and see, cause you know you get you get some of the same people every week. Most of the time you get a spot that gets hot and people, you know, or you know them. You look, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that motherfucker. That <laughs> I'm gonna get his ass. And um, you know, then the next week you it's all it's like stealing candy from a baby because you already know he liked it. You play yeah. it and they go crazy. You're like, you're the greatest thing I ever write. <laughs> and then the next record, of course, you play some shit they don't like and you're the worst thing ever. The next record, <laughs> you back being the greatest shit ever because you, you you bring it back. Because yeah. you know you got to bring it back so you play something else that's a standard record, right? And yeah. you're the greatest thing. As I t- That is one thing I do tell young DJs. Uh, don't, the motherfuckers come with you talking about you suck because of one record. They'll do that over one record. Yeah. Pay no attention. Say, my, my man, I got you, I got you, got you. That's all you yeah. got to do. Get, get them away from you yeah. nicely. Yeah. Like, you want to take it. That's all you got to do. Don't worry about that shit. Like, DJs get caught up in, if I play this one record that I don't know about, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose the day. Nah. If I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose. <laughs> your weak ass down. <laughs> I mean, so, certain songs like, like, Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares. That's always going <laughs> to... I was 40-something when that came out, and that might be my favorite record of all time because of that. But I was—I know I was the first person that played it from the beginning. Yeah. They were scared to play it from the beginning. Are you DJs? Yeah. Let the shit do this in the crowd. Because you, you go back and you look at, like, I, I dive in. Part of it is Spotify, but I dive into stuff like... I still have like a playlist of stuff that I was just shazamming one night because I, I listen to freestyle music a lot or what have you. And as my girl mentioned, she's like, you know, these songs don't have titles. It's just Puerto Rican song number one. And that's literally what it, what it is. So I but I like to find those things and I just have like a playlist of stuff and I'll just dive in. But some of these songs that because we had this notion that and I think this is partially because of Apple. A song is three minutes. It's not. When I find something that's like seven, eight, and that's the other cut, I'm like, I'm listening to that one because that's one is where you're going to get that roller coaster. It's going to rise. You get that musicality that was there from like classical music almost when you're like, oh, this has an overture. This does things versus it's just a straight. I don't, I don't, I, like, I'm not probably saying it in the. the no, you are. But it has a straight, it has a straight thing. And. I remember, I remember back in what like kind of when you were when when dreams and nightmares when that came out, it was kind of that's when I think it's a class of music that's just kind of changed. Like I was listening to a lot of stuff like 2010, 2012 in that time frame. I was doing a music review podcast, and now it's just like I'm gonna find something, but the genres are so blown out now, and I'm finding stuff that's old. I'm one of those kind of listeners, right? So if someone throws on, so it's like, hell yeah, where's that shit? saying? But now, shit, hell yeah. But, you know, people just like certain things. It's like, cool, play that shit. And then play it in a, and play it in the right way. Bring people in. Win people over. People are like, the funny thing is, and I'm not saying I really 
overthought it to this degree. No, no. But that was the first song on his album, right? <laughs> the DJs in the last 20 years haven't been given songs early. They get it the same time that mm. they send it to Joe Smith so and Alice Miller yeah. because it's the promotion part to it now is the same. Mm -hmm. They press send. It goes to everybody. The DJs, the, you know, they ain't got to worry about them playing it or not, mm. right? And so when, say me, I heard Dreams and Nightmares, Joe Smith had already heard it, <laughs> and Alice Smith already heard it, and whoever already heard it. And it was the first song on the album. Yeah. I guarantee you they pressed play. The song went through the slow part, and they ride the card, yeah. and they went, and you know they they didn't hear it the way the DJ was afraid or not to play it. They already knew the shit, yeah. and it, and but the shit, you know, he wasn't the first person who did that. Yeah, no. Lil Wayne, yeah, did it, and the beat build, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah. it it didn't hit the same. That shit's a masterpiece. And then the the other thing about Dreams and Nightmares, it had that resurgence right when they won the Super Bowl. Because it was just like, oh. That got him out of jail. Yeah, that got him out of jail. Like, because you go. It, was too, like, it was like, you watching the Super Bowl, and uh -huh. the Eagles going to come out. You know, when you said, we know they get ready to play Dreams and Nightmares. Yo. They got to play. We know they get ready to play. There's nothing else to play. I mean, this is the Yo. unbelievable. You're playing Brady. It's the most unbelievable <laughs> point like, this is so perfectly set yeah. up, except he's not here to sing it, yeah. right? But at least to play it, they play it. And, of course, like, it was it was unbelievable. Shut to down me, a whole city. <laughs> look, that might have been my favorite Super Bowl moment, and I'm a huge Ravens fan. Yeah, yeah. But you had to know, like, they were like, man, he he, he been in jail. Let us ask him. All right, <laughs> all right you know what? Because he you really should have been there to sing the shit, right? He's not hurting nobody. He's on a probation violation for, for a dirt bike. I mean, come on. Let's be real. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's going to come out, and he's not going to ride the dirt bikes no more. Trust me. He's done with it. He's not going back to jail over dirt bikes. He, he's just going to do it in Baltimore in a fictional movie. That's about it. Right. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> that was fire. Um, so that's, that's kind of the end of my real questions. Um, but... I have rapid fire questions for sure. you. So if you you want to hit these, I just threw Go. one in there because I thought it was funny. Keep going. All right. So here's the first one. What is your so you know you've you've played everywhere. What is your favorite venue to play music? It was this. <laughs> it was it was Godfrey's. It, it definitely was. You know what I mean? I mean the paradox was great, mm -hmm. but I was a guest. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean I was a guest hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, but this this wasn't the first place I played, but it was the place where I got my name really going mm -hmm. all over the city. Yeah. I played West Side places, and I went to school, and of course I knew everybody because I went. But when it came here, it was a whole different thing. This place already had Frankie here. This place was already been been on the map. You know what I'm saying? A convergence of circumstance. Do you want to fight the sound man? They all got fired. <laughs> they wanted somebody else. That I was actually playing under, they couldn't find him. The dude said I can get his understudy, so I bring him here one night. I find somebody else later. Yeah. I played. Dude said, "You know what? I want you to come here tomorrow." Yeah, you're the guy now. <laughs> and I was the guy then, right? And then you know, a lot. Some of the people now already knew some of the crowd, but some I didn't. And you know, the shit went from when I went. I'm not saying it was zero people on there. It yeah. wasn't right, but it went from a few hundred to. 1500 every Saturday, and, and it imagine right here, yeah, yeah, after hours that's insane, <laughs> yeah. But that was then everything was you know, um, signals was after hours, Odell's was closed, yeah, before the Sean Marshall Odell's. I mean, this is a period when they were closed, and um, this was after hours, fantasy was after hours. I mean, right here in the middle of Charles Street, Baltimore <laughs> City is after hours. Yeah, uh, hip hop yeah. after hour. You can imagine yeah, yeah, they yeah. weren't too happy with it, right? <laughs> when like you see the NWA movie and the, you know that tour. Yeah. The dude that owned this, the son was running it. So the son, um, named Duke, and um, he had at first, you know, he used to book shows. He would come and he said, "Well, whatever Scotty say, I'm gonna I'm bring them right." Yeah. Jungle Brothers, right? I'll house you out. Yeah. They here performing it, right? <laughs> Special Ed, I got a mate. He's here performing. <laughs> EPMD, here, right? <laughs> Chub Rock, caught up. Here, Latifah, when she was wearing the head yeah, wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, Moni Love, 45 King, Ladies First, all here. You just described everything on the my whole playlist, shit, by the way. Right? <laughs> so everything was there, right? And then I said, dude, get NWA, get NWA. He books them, right? Yeah. 
He books them, then they want to add somebody, want to add somebody. The shit got too big for this. So he had, what he did was he bought the tour date and had it at the arena. Oh, And shit. they came, so that's what you see in the movie is, yeah. is he was part of that. And after the show, they got this whole shit blocked off the city, wow. right? They come up here in limos on top of them. <laughs> Right here, the history's right yeah. here. So they they come here and you know they come in the club. The shit's so fucking banana. Cool see when Glamorous Life was at its peak. Yeah. Christmas night, nineteen eighty nine, in here. Wow. And it was so many people because the sidewalk here is wide. Yeah. The girls all the way up to North Avenue, one and one line going this way, and the dudes all the way down there by the train station, the whole line thick, shutting off streets and all that, right? Yeah. And so it was about an hour before the clubs, and it's snowing, and people don't give a fuck. So it was, <laughs> we, I wasn't even driving that, and me and my guy, we walking up, like, what the fuck is all these people? I mean, this for this. <laughs> so we can't even get in. Yeah. We the DJs, we can't get in. And, as a, and um, they had to, Take the hinges, because the city, the police came and said, look, this got to open at 10 o'clock. Like, no, 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 no. It was like 8.30. They said, if this don't open now, it's shut down. There's too many people. It's dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah. He said, so they, op- they took the hinges off of the doors <laughs> and took the doors off <laughs> because they couldn't push them open to open. Wow. No, this shit was, but this city had, it, Hold on a second. like everything it, that, that Baltimore has a, a part of, like it's, it's. It's there, you know. I mean, you know, people are gonna die and their memories gonna go with them. Yeah. And of course, Baltimore. Oh, like people say, don't you got any video when the club music first started? No, nobody in Baltimore had money for a video camera. Yeah, that didn't happen. This ain't New York. <laughs> yeah. This ain't New York. But, but, nobody had it. But in that that same estimation, right? Like, I'm sure it's fictionalized, but I think there's some reality to it. That showed the get down when they had um like the fictionalized version of uh I think it was Cool Herc, and he was like, "Yo, don't record none of my shows." He's like, "Either you were there." Or it didn't happen. And that's and that's kind of like a thing. It's like sometimes you don't need to document everything. You need to have people to tell that story, right? Who who experienced that lived experience sort of thing. But, you know, we're too focused on, let me snap this Seeing versus shit, right? living in the moment or what have you and then experiencing that and enjoying that. Because I'll put it this way. I, I went to the Smokers tour. I want to say it was like maybe 2000, probably 2012. And... I was there to see Currency. He had just broke his ankle. So they, they put like what looked like his living room on the stage and he was just rapping on the couch. <laughs> it was wild. And like Big Crit was there and uh, Method Man was the headliner. And he had said something. And he was just like, yo, put your cameras away. And he was just already on that. He was like, yo, can you just be here and just enjoy? And he's like, don't care about what other people were looking at you, how you dancing or whatever. He's like, just enjoy your shit. And I remember he threw a towel out there when he had like wiped the sweat off and I'm using my six foot four frame. I I held back and drink that joint and I kept the towel. So yeah, it was it was a thing, and you just got to be there to to experience those things. We were um we we used to have a party at the, at the Metro Gallery on Mondays. Yeah. Um. And Pharrell came, right? <laughs> wow. So I met Pharrell before, right? Yeah. He this is when the club music was in the Diplo stage, right? So mm-hmm. of course he knew about it, and um, I had met him. He came, but what happened was I was working in Mondarmin and the City Records. And he knew he wanted to meet me. He comes in Mondarmin, right, <laughs> out of place, right, because yeah. he's pew. so. Um, he comes and we rap for a while, yeah. right? Cool. He said, "Come back, whatever, something, something." So then we're having a thing. This and um, he comes, and me and him are standing there talking, and it's like a whole line of motherfuckers taking pictures, <laughs> right? And he's pissed. He's so pissed, right? He's cause like, what the fuck? He said, if y'all want a picture, just tell me. I'll give you the picture. But just don't be sitting here like you documenting shit. I'm trying to hang out yeah, with him because yeah. it's my guy. And whatever, and I end up taking him to a strip club. I mean, like, <laughs> because that, um, Jay and them. For was, some privacy. <laughs> yeah, how about privacy in strip club? Right? So Jay Class, like, was they had they were doing 2 o'clock. I said, man, look. They're not these hipsters. They're not going to strip club. I, I, trust yeah, I, me, I, I would. Sure yeah, we'll take you somewhere. They won't go. Right. <laughs> so we ended up. I took them down there, and you know, it was almost. It was like quarter to two. They closed, but that people seen him coming. They didn't want to leave. And yeah. Ended up being kind of like he said. I lost a look at the wall because I'm not the strip club strip club person, and um, 
He was a good with it. He's like, I'm, I'm good. He, I don't know how like, he was been that late, but yeah, like he was pissed about to pick it up because the shit was on Facebook. Which, yeah. While we're standing there, the shit was already on Facebook. And, and it's, it's invasive, and it's like, I get it, you know, that, but it's like, go about your thing. You're distracting. You're trying to be going. cool with other people that ain't here. Like, yeah. he really would have been intimate with you. You know what I mean? Like, Took the picture yeah. with the arm around you, yeah, the yeah. whole shit. You'd have had the moment, you'd have had the picture, everything. Yeah. Instead, you're taking you're some video of him talking to Scotty being a stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and you were getting cussed out. Now, if you cool with that, <laughs> with him, I mean, it's whatever. But like, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. Let me let me throw these last ones at you real quick, and we'll wrap up on this. Uh, so, what is your least favorite beverage? Because, I mean, I've seen people, like, root DJ. Beer. You hate root beer? I just never got into root beer, <laughs> yo. I'm a big soda person, too. Oh, my God. I'm so big with sugar and all that shit, right? Yeah. But I never fucked with root beer. I, I don't know why. Oh, and water. Oh, no, I can't fuck with water. Look, I can't. I love sodas. Like, I lo- like, man, look, man. I just... <laughs> I can't fuck with water. Like if I'm, of course, if I had to, my wife, man, stop drinking some fucking water. My kids, all of them say like, man, fuck y'all. I need some soda, even if it's a, if it's a diet soda, whatever. I yeah. need some flavor. I need a dark drink. I don't need. I don't drink, right? Yeah. yeah. But my sodas and my beverages, I got color. My, I got something to my, it. My, my girl's kid hit me with this because I like the Topo Chico's, like the, the seltzer water. And he's like, why you like spicy water, yo? I was like, mind your business, man. I was like, can I drink this, please? Um... What what is that? If someone were to sum you up um, as a DJ, and this is a rough question, but if someone were to sum you up as a DJ with one song, what would that song be? Dreams and nightmares. It's funny as <laughs> shit. They come out. That I was forty something years old. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I I really always learned to do what that song does. Mm-hmm. Like what that song does, a DJ supposed to know how to do, which is to take you on that roller coaster. Got to build. Yeah, build. Let yeah. it fall. Bill, yeah. let it fall. Yeah. Bill, let it fall. Like, we all learned that. Like, I mean, I, I, like, I would have, I mean, it's hard to even describe it, but no problem. I'm not saying I play something crazy. Like, I didn't play rock and roll songs in a club, but like, the en- a song with a certain energy, you just let it go. Like, people look alive. Yeah. Like, I, I, a friend of mine said to me, and this was in Godfrey's. He said, um, the only time I ever saw a crowd, I, I don't even want to say the whole part because I'm not, I'm not even that kind of person to talk like that. But anyway, the song was, it was a song by, by Risa San Antonio that sounds instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, what they now call techno, but it was really house mm-hmm. for back then. Yeah. And um, I played the acapella uh, like a prayer Madonna like yeah. and nobody had did that like was doing that and I did it and he said that the whole crowd stopped dancing and looked up at the booth and started applauding <laughs> like I mean just yeah, I just like to kind of like not and you don't do the shit back to back to back because you kill the whole then it gets to be stupid right mm-hmm. but every once in a while you pull something out and you just do it yeah he's, he's, so this is the last one I got for you. And I put this one in recently because uh, I think it's great. So <laughs> you said dreams and nightmares for, for and, and, and that has the ties to Philly, right? To the, to the, to the Eagles. What would that Baltimore Ravens song w- w- be? Like next time we get that chip, you know, you, like, you know, what's that song going to be for us that just, it hits, it has that energy. It's relevant to the city. A uh, little screw to the Panda um, freestyle. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The panda freestyle. I'm here for it. That's great. Or, or, pull your guns out, Miss Tony. Okay, that's actually fire right there. That would work very well because everybody there is gonna eh, maybe not, but at, at any party I play, everybody knows because they're a little bit older and they grew up with it. And hey, you know, that's the difference now. Like everybody knew Tony. Yeah. Everybody knew every. It was just such a. It was an intimacy. Like, you know, like, in Baltimore, it is really small. You know, everybody yeah. knows everybody. Yeah. And um, that's why the club music kind of first started off on neighborhoods. And, mm-hmm. and like, Tony sometimes would say people names and songs <laughs> or just playing around. or that, sh- that shit was just so much fun. I mean, 
Like, I don't know. Some shit can't be recreated. No, and, and and that's that's kind of the thing. Going going back to, you know, what I was talking about earlier. Like I, I like freestyle or what have you. I'm like, this is definitely a bygone era. This this mm-hmm. died in like the early '90s in terms of its its peak or what have you. And you can only if you want to try to tap back into that because it's very much a time and an environment sort of genre, right? So when you have to tap back into it, it has to be we're doing some special flashback whatever in Manhattan. And I'm like, yo. Everyone here is like a lot older than me, but at the same time, it's like they, in, in in that they're gonna have a different reference point. Me, I have it second, third, fourth hand, but I still rock with it, you know, like like heavy or what have you. And I I, I feel like I've gotten old to a degree where I know that I, I did a talk at my uh, my high school the other day. Where'd you go, City? Did you? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no wrong with sitting. And I, I hadn't been there in twenty years, right? And I looked at it. I was like, "Yo, I graduated before any of these students here were born." I was so mad. And I know that <laughs> they're doing. Um, they do two thousands parties now. And I'm like, "Yo, our music is old now. We're trash." <laughs> so, with that being said. That's everything that I have for today. Um, we got it. So I want to um, thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to um, tell the folks where to find you at online. Um, on Facebook is Scott Rice because you know they they jinxed everybody out of their their, their name and like on the slick shit. Say, yeah. well, what's your name? Well, Scott Rice, you already know that. Uh, all right, the other shit got to come off, and you can't get it back, and you can't do DJ Scotty B no more. And Trash. Come on, yo. <laughs> Let me get my shit. <laughs> they wouldn't do it, and um, so that's that. And um, DJ Scotty B01 on Instagram. So there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank DJ Scotty B for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.